I eventually had to tell him, I, I'm sorry, I deleted your whole podcast. And we had such a good conversation. Uh, so that's the only time I've ever done that. So. Oh, my okay, God. Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, you are? Okay. I started recording a couple seconds ago. <laughs> I always do that. <laughs> well, no, that's fine. There's always garbage in there. <laughs> it's just like a soft start. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wings with Friends. I'm your host, Mary Upchurch, and I'm so happy to be here today with a fantastic, multi-talented person, Stuart Preston. Hello. Hi, Mary. How are you doing? Good to be here. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here, too. We're at Sal's Gilbert Pizza in Gilbert, Arizona. Yes. Best pizza in the valley. It really is. Um, we're going to get into, like, the food that we had because uh, we, we definitely had some food here, right? Yes, and also some good wings, right? You oh, had some right. good wings. I'm like, this is a wings podcast. Um, so we'll get into that. You're, you're a Gilbert person. I feel like you're almost the mayor of Gilbert, like the unofficial mayor. Representative? Yeah, I, I've been in Gilbert for a while. I've volunteered here and there, lived here, you know, and so I tend to know a lot about about Gilbert. I love it. The good and I, the bad. I just moved away from Gilbert. I know. I didn't even know you did. I used to catch you, with, you know, in the stores. Like, hey, yeah. Mary, how's it going? Yeah, and then suddenly I was like, I haven't seen Mary in a while. Yeah. Um, I just decided I didn't need the suburbs anymore, and now I'm in downtown Phoenix. Much better. Yeah. It was. It worked out well, you know. It was a good time to sell. Um, so, Sal's Gilbert Pizza has been here for a while. It's almost an institution here in Gilbert. and. Yes. I've seen them on the news. They're highly rated on Yelp. I definitely recommend anybody come and eat the pizza and the wings. Um, how did you get to know them? Well, so when I moved to Gilbert, I came in here. This was a Gilbert Pizza. I came in to have pizza because I'm, I'm from the East Coast. I'm not a New Yorker. I'm from the D.C. area. Yeah. But I knew good pizza. And I came in here, and it totally sucked. And I was like, oh, my God, this place is terrible. So I waited maybe another year or something, came in to try it again. And as soon as I opened the door, I was like, oh, that smells like a pizzeria. There's and a I, standard then. There's like, this is how yes, it should you, smell. Yes, you know when you walk into a good pizzeria, you smell, it's, it has the smells and everything, right? Yeah. And so I saw this Italian guy standing behind the counter, and I was like, oh, this smells like real now. And he goes, oh, yeah, I bought the place, you know. And I said, well, you know, it just it smells perfect. He's like, yeah, it's the garlic, you nice, know. Nice. Yeah, so the ingredients he uses, it's all great stuff, great cheese, makes his own sauce. I've always, you know, just good, if you want New York pizza, come down to Sal's and, yeah. you know, and get that. So. And they were on Triple D, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's another comics... <laughs> no, just, that's another comics call it, like Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Yeah, and I, I guess just, I'm just called Triple like, D. What did like, just say to me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the show. <laughs> I was like, yes, he, he, he was on Triple D. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they came to him, you know, because he is an institution. You know, Sal ran a, a pizzeria in New York City for 18 years. Yeah. And then moved his family out here, started this place. And I think they've been in business now for like 14 or 15 years. Mm -hmm. And they're just kicking ass. Yeah, it's their, um, one of their signature pies is like, you can just pop the mic out if you want. Or you can leave it yeah, there. No, I'm good. But you're going to, if you get out of the mic, I'm going to be like, get back in the mic. I'm going to signal I'll get in the you. mic. Okay. <laughs> no, you're fine though. Um, I'm still learning how to use a microphone. Yeah, is this your yeah, fisher price? Yes. <laughs> Come on. How many shows have we done together? Um uh, one of their signature pies is like the pizza with the ziti on top, baked, yeah, the ziti. baked ziti, and I was like, "That's like carb on carb on carb," yes. but it's really good. That is a good post-run meal. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I just called that a meal. Yeah, after a good long workout, load up those carbs. carbs, or maybe even the day before. Yeah, before a race. Yeah. Huh. Or any big long run. Yeah, Arizona loves their races, don't they? Like races. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. We love no, you're thinking of Alabama. <laughs> yes. No, there's always a 5K like every yes. weekend. Yes, there is. There's always a fundraising, something going on. It's such a great place to run because it's flat. Yeah. And, and you, can run, you, you can run year round. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So it is a great place to, to put on runs. Yeah, biking too. I don't know why I started getting into that. I don't, uh, whatever. Um, yeah. Well, okay, so here's the interesting thing. You don't eat wings anymore. I don't. You don't. We'll talk about why in just a little bit. Okay. But you said you were a wing snob. Totally. Okay, I had some just um, medium buffalo wings. They were fried extra crispy at okay. the suggestion of our waiter. Mm-hmm. And they were delicious. They were just like everything you want in a wing. Good. Like, like the the a little bit of hot, uh, a little bit of that pungent kind of vinegary feel. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, really good blue cheese. I had celery, carrots. I had six because I wanted some pizza. Right. Right. When you ate wings, like what was your wing constitution? How did you do it? My wing constitution. That's what I call it. <laughs> so I have I have like uh, so I lived in Buffalo for two years. Oh. Okay, and so I developed a wing habit. 
And I'll tell you right now, the best wings in Buffalo are at Duff's. Okay, so that's the other place. It's not uh, like not the, the Anchor Bar. It. Yeah. yeah, Anchor Bar gets all the credit, and yeah. they make amazing wings. And so if you're gonna, if you're a wing person, go to the Anchor Bar. Yeah. And get your wings, but the best wings are at Duff's. Okay, tell in me about it. In my opinion, yeah, well, they're just. I've heard so, this before. You know when you eat uh, like a dozen or more hot wings, and you start getting to the end, you, you start looking for the wings that hardly have any sauce on them. Yeah. Because your tongue is melting off. Uh huh. Um, you can't do that at Duff's because they come in a bowl of sauce. Oh wow. You have to reach into the sauce and pull the wing out of the sauce. And they make the wings perfect, right? So I have four criteria okay, in my me. constitution. My constitution has four articles. Article one, uh, crispy. Article two, juicy. Article three, the right sauce. has got to be a buffalo sauce. So even here at Sal's, they have like sweet chili and teriyaki. Those are not, those don't count. Don't, nobody ever order those, okay? <laughs> and then the fourth one is the right size. Ah. Because if it's too small, it gets overcooked. And if it's too big, you can't cook it right. And some of these places around town, like, we got giant wings. Like, yeah, they suck. Yeah. Because you can't cook it. Hormones. Yeah, hormones. You don't want to eat those either, right? So, you know, if you get the right crisp and and you cook it right, it's going to be juicy. Yeah. And then a good buffalo flavor sauce on it, you know, and then the right size, then you've got the, the perfect wing. And that's like what Sal's does. I think Teakwood's has a really good wing. I love Teakwood's too. Yeah, yeah. My, staple, my staple used to be Long Long's. But then they went away. Teakwood's kind of took over that yeah. recipe. And there's some other Long Wongs sort of around the I valley. I still haven't been to a Long Wongs. I really want to go. I think the extra crispy is really important so that if you are in a lot of sauce situation, it doesn't get soggy too quickly. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than a snappy wing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just like gross. Yeah, yeah, because then it just yeah. feels there's like a, There's a pizza joint here in Gilbert all over the valley. And they make the worst wings. You know what I mean? I would always order the wings because I was like, I love chicken wings. And I don't want to yeah. get some wings. And they were always like undercooked and snappy and their sauce was gloppy. And So what I've learned too is that there's a different, there's different quality of wings. Like when you buy them wholesale or whatever, you can buy like different qualities, like less broken bones or more broken right. bones or big. Right. So I think it starts with buying a good quality wing. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate to sound like a commercial, but that's what Sal's all about. Yeah. Well, that's you what know, this high is. Quality it's commercial. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You got to start with really good ingredients for anything, and I think if you do that with your pizza, you're going to do that with your wings. You're right. gonna, you know, you're right. not cutting corners. Yeah. Because when something is reviewed as good as this, and when it has like the the the, the it's this busy, like people aren't wrong. You know, like right. after a while, if you're faking it, people will know. Right. Yeah. So. No, no faking going on here. So, but you don't eat meat anymore. Are I you a vegetarian I or am. vegan? I'm a ve what, vegetarian. What led to that? Like, how did you become a vegetarian? I didn't really, I didn't choose it. I, I you know, sort of chose me. Um, I did a peyote spirit walk. Whoa. Out at the uh, Peyote Way Church out near Wilcox, Arizona. Okay. I've done two of these. But it was almost, almost two years ago. Two years ago in March, I went and did my first spirit walk. Sitting down in the middle of the desert. You know, sipping on peyote tea, having, you know, the visions and the, the mental clarity and just, Whoa. oh, so amazing. Just like the best, one of the best experiences of my entire life. And I came out of it and suddenly I was like, I don't want to eat meat anymore. You know, it just, it just felt gross to me, but I was a huge carnivore. Yeah. I mean, my son and I, we literally would grill um, a hot dog stuffed into hamburger wrapped in bacon. Oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, it was a little much. But, you know, that's I just I love meat. When I came out of the I was in the army, I'd come out of the field and I would go and get a 32 ounce steak and eat the entire thing. Right. right. Along with a baked potato and a couple of beers and some bread. You know what I mean? And so huge carnivore. And uh, yeah, I came out of the peyote spirit walk. Is it because you're feeling more one with the universe, or you just know. think it's you just think it's gross, or I, yeah, I don't know. What's you purified your mind, you so purified your body. I've done I've done a lot of psychedelics. Okay. Um, since I lost my son three years ago, just started exploring, and we can talk about that that later. Yeah, I want to talk about it. But Ian. Um, it's not and uh, so I just wanted to explore some things and do some things, and so. When I went out and, and, and came back, I do have a, a much closer connection to human beings. I, I'm, I'm a lot, I'm kind of a hippie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I love people. I connect with people. When I used to just kind of be a, a kind of a mean, grumpy, nasty person. Uh. And so I don't know if that was part of it or not. I really, I, you know, and I don't have a good explanation. 
it's like when people find Jesus, yeah. I always look at them like, yeah, right. Sure. You know what I mean? Or like, I talk to God. I'm like, yeah, right. And so I kind of have the same skeptical reaction to myself. Yeah. I'm like, I don't really know what happened and I don't know why. Um, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't eat meat. And it's not like, it's not an animal thing. It just seems gross to me. What else did you come out change? Did anything else change when you came out well, of those experiences? Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the different experiences, um, psychedelics in general, um, have really. I think that there's always a there's always a lesson, right? So I don't necessarily approach these as like a like a rave experience. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, I'm not right. like doing all that. It's more of a. Some of them you have an intention. Like I'll go into an ayahuasca ceremony and you need to have an intention. Like I want to learn how to forgive myself or, you know, I want to learn how to love other people or, you know, whatever it is. You go with an intention and then when you come out of it, you may not have any idea what really happened. And you take one, two, three weeks to do what we call integrating it. Mm -hmm. And you learn the lessons and you, you practice the lessons in life and then you're a little better off. But um, sometimes you don't necessarily get, get those lessons. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it's really amazing. Oh, my gosh. So how did you find this place? I just was doing a lot of research. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when I started my my uh, journey, yeah. my psychedelic journey, it was uh, mushrooms. And then I just started looking at other other things and things out there. And I, I just on the Internet, I think, I found the sure. Peyote Way Church. And they are just such, uh, you know, beautiful, amazing people. You know, um, soldiers go there to help their PTSD. You know, people go, in my last, my last, uh, you know, spirit walk, there's three of us, spirit walkers, and one of them lost a son to suicide, just like me. You know, so it's almost like one of those, you know, divine things or whatever. It's, you know, she was like, oh, the peyote brought us together. I'm not sure I'm quite there spiritually yeah. to think that the, the plant brought us together. But we, you know, we had an amazing connection that only the two of us really could have had. Yeah. I, I don't do psychedelics. I've never done mushrooms or LSD. It scares me a little bit. But I do respect and admire you coming off of such a uh, tragedy yeah. and, uh, like, fixing, trying to fix yourself or trying to heal yourself or trying to, you know what I mean? Like, it, like how you chose to, like, deal with that, I think, you know, I really respect and it seems like it has worked for you. Um, yeah. And it wasn't even so much um, me trying to heal or, you know, it wasn't for my grief per se. I honestly started the psychedelics because I wanted to spend time in my head with my son. Because I had such vivid dreams, I thought, okay, maybe this psychedelic stuff will get me into my head and I'll be able to have like a lucid type of experience and spend time with Ian. And I learned, I learned right away that's not how it happens. Mm -hmm. That's not what psychedelics do. You know, I'm sorry, Mary. No, it's okay. <laughs> I just, I, like, I... Um I've, from a distance, have observed this yeah. from you, you know, from when it happened. And I just, my my heart really broke for you and Cynthia. And, um, and I just, I, I feel like also a lot of people, like, you could have done this a lot worse. Do you know what I mean? You could have yeah. gone down a hard road. You could have really, like, like, I don't know. I, just, I worry about people after stuff like this happens. And it's like, well, I'm glad that you, you know... I don't know. I got I got lucky. I really yeah. it really was. I, I wanted to I wanted to talk to Ian again. You know what I mean? And and I and I didn't know. I was like, well, if I if I take these, I call them uh, you know plant medicines or yeah. psychedelic medicines. Um, I don't call them drugs, although my daughter calls me a druggie. <laughs> but uh, the uh, I thought you know as I do that, maybe I'll get to a point where I'll be able to interact with him and be with him, and it, and it just. Uh, it hasn't happened that way, but as a result, I've dived into my brain. Yeah. And I've started to explore what does the brain mean and how does all this stuff work. And yeah. it's really led me down a good path. Yeah, that's really good. That's yeah. really good. I know it doesn't, like, ever not hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, perfect. I want to talk a little bit more about this, and I want to learn a little bit more <laughs> about Ian. But um, Sal from Sal's Gilbert Pizza has sat down with us. Go ahead and grab a mic. How are you? Um, you can just pick, yeah, pick it up and go ahead and talk into the mic. Let's okay. see if we've got you at a, uh, who are you? Tell me about yourself. Uh, my name is Sal Cufaro. I'm, I'm original from uh, Sicily, Italy. Nice. We moved here about 14 years ago, but previous day, we lived in New York for 25 years. And, 
I don't know. We love it here. How long have you been here in Gilbert? 14. 14 oh, wow, years. yeah. Nice. Well, the wings and the pizza were delicious. Thank you Thank so you. much. Um, uh, what? Tell me about, like, your philosophy of just of, of cooking. Like, what does it mean to you and your family? That's, I mean, I grew up in, uh, in the big Italian family, so it's like food all, all day long. So yeah. My mother, she used to cook, like, all day long. So just watching her and uh, just fell in love, and everybody likes food. Yeah. There, there's Everybody. his wife, there's his daughter, there's his son. Oh, yep. my god! So if that helps you answer the question about family yep. and what it means to him. Yeah. I, and, I've, and I've been it's coming here since these guys were, like, it's this tall. Right. Yeah. You know, and so it's just amazing to see see them grow up and, you know. Yeah. That's the family. Sorry, Sal. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> Thank you. So for that's how you learn to cook is just by yes. watching Well, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I went to a culinary school in New York. Oh. So. Fantastic. So, and. Uh, How'd you end up in Gilbert? Oh. That's what we're Just, all asking ourselves. We all, yeah. Have you ended up in <laughs> Well, when we moved here, Gilbert was like growing. Everybody yeah. says, sure, she'll look into Gilbert. So that's that's what happened we live but we love we love here I mean. it is great I, I'm embarrassed to say this I just moved out of Gilbert I just okay. moved to downtown Phoenix but I lived here for um, I think like 8 to 10 years um, but yeah what a good opportunity because there's so many families there's so many people hello my wife is here, here. yeah Grace come yeah. say hi yeah, she, it's, she's, <laughs> she's, she's making a fist and she's got <laughs> hi Grace hi. how are you Good, how are you? Good, your pizza's wonderful. Thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel so lucky. Well, leave her alone. She's fine. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Grace. Um, I love this. So it is a family, a whole family thing. Um, yep. What else, What's your favorite um, thing to eat here on the menu? Uh, we're doing another pizza. They call it Grandma. That's one of my favorites. It's like a thin Sicilian with the provolone cheese and crushed tomato and basil. It's... Oh. It's one of my favorite. But regular pizza, I love regular pizza. Yeah. Too. You don't get sick of pizza? Never. <laughs> me neither. I love pasta. I mean, I eat pasta every day. If you, so. li- if you live next door to me with this stuff, I would eat nothing but this pizza. Yeah. Pizza um, and wings, right? Yeah. I oh can't eat God. wings, though. Oh, yeah, you're... They're crazy. Oh, you're vegetarian, yeah. right? See, yeah. now I wish I would have done my hair because of all the pictures. But, um, <laughs> the, well, it's funny because my podcast is about wings, and we have wings all over, and, and, like, I love to hear people's favorite wings, but the best part has been the other food I get to eat while yeah. I do this. Um, I love it. What else? Um, oh, we got pasta. I mean, I love, I love pasta. Like, no, it's one of my favorites. Too. So you guys were on drivers, uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yes. How was that? Like meeting. It was fun. Here? Oh yeah, it was. It was amazing. Like you know, it's, it's funny is he guy. As cool as he is, like on TV. It or? is. It's <laughs> funny guy. He's got a lot of energy. Like you know, always going, going to run. Like yeah. It's good. It was. It was amazing. That what is being on a show like that? What does that do for your business? Like what's oh, the impact? It helps. It helps a lot. I'm it's, sorry that this podcast might not do that for. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a pleasure. I'm I'm sure I'm a show. I'm a show helps. Yeah, well, I'll, you know, all press is good, right? Um, yes, it is. Um, that's fantastic. What is the most interesting thing that's ever happened? Like being a, a business owner here. Like, have you like other interesting people have come in here? Like, what's the coolest thing that's happened to you? Just every day, just meet people, and uh, just just people I run a customer. Like it's. It's uh, the, it's the best thing uh, I'm in the could happen. I mean, I just meet people every day, yeah. new people, like you know, like Stuart. We met him uh, about 14 years ago. We still, uh-huh. we still, it's we still friends and. Uh, and you're still friends with them, yep. and you know him. <laughs> just, I know, yeah. crazy, crazy, right? <laughs> so, but it's like him and other customers too. Like you know, we build the yeah. relationship. That's what it's all about, like right? A, yep. Oh becomes my gosh, like I a love that. Big family. Yeah, community. So, I. Me, in a small way with this podcast, if I meet people, I have something to offer them. I said, you know, we should sit down and have some wings and a talk. And I feel like if it's probably the same way, you meet people, like, come on in. It's you right. know? Yeah, like, we, we could offer a menu. We got a lot of, a lot of things to offer. So. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is a great menu. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, my it. wife loves the chicken piccata. What makes a good chicken piccata? Uh, I guess the kippers. Kippers are strong flavor. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, for me, it's just a kippers. Like, it's all about... Yeah, the capers. No, it's salad is what makes the difference. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It's, Thank you. The way the way it's cooked, the breading on it, or all that stuff. She she comes here and she's like, oh, I gotta I gotta have the chicken piccata. Yeah. Um. So you said you like all food. Are you a wing fan? Do you like wings? Uh. It's not like yes, a first it's choice. no, it's not my first choice. Oh, okay. But yes, I do love wings. Um, but no. 
put his mic a little oh, okay. closer. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so I was gonna ask you what you how you like wings, but I won't. I won't. Um, I don't like going. spicy. So no. I'll, mild probably is already too hard for me. It's like yeah. Or barbecue. That's that's the way I eat. Ooh, yeah. Uh, the barbecue is really good. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't plan any questions, so now I'm like, oh, Mary, I just want you. Yeah. Um, I just want to hear your best stories and like your best, um, you know, experiences. Just, uh, I don't know, best story. It's like... What's train, the coolest thing that's happened to you other than being a successful business train, owner? Train my kids, like, you know, see my kids that they started like the business. It's, it's, it's makes me proud in another, another way. It's like, it's good. We're buying together. It's like, you know, it's, it's amazing. Beautiful. So they like, they like working here? Are they going to They started, they started, yeah, they started like, you know, so they started oh, and training them. So it's, it's very good experience. Yeah. Cause like, you don't want to, or maybe you do like work here forever. Maybe you want to retire. No, I want to retire. I want to enjoy my life a little. What are you going to do when you retire? Uh, just traveling, taking my wife, yeah. Hawaii. She wants to go there. We've never been there. Nice. Do you guys get a vacation now? I mean, you're so busy. Like, do you give yourself some time? We we used to work like seven days a week, but yeah. now we're playing a cruise this summer, so we're gonna we're gonna nice. take a couple weeks. Where off. are you going? We're gonna do Italy. We're gonna do Venice, then uh, Croatia, Montenegro, Malta, Sicily, Naples, and Rome. Dang! Wow. I was like, be... oh, I I go to the Caribbean just like three yeah. you know, three stops. No, it's gonna That's be a it's a fresh you big. You gonna pick up some recipes while you're there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. actually, I'm gonna cook a couple of days in the ship. Nice. So the I was gonna say, I hope you teach them how to cook because so the, it's one of the. It's gonna be two days cooking it with so you're still it. Still nice. on vacation. You're still it's working. It's all what, ten days. <laughs> I got ten days off. That is really cool. What's the cruise line? Uh, celebrity cruise. Nice. Oh my gosh. It's gonna be awesome. fun. I'm going to Alaska this summer on a cruise. Oh, we did. We did. You like so that one? Is it good? Alaska's beautiful. I didn't really want to do it because I like um, tropical cruises or tropical vacations, yeah. but we had already gone to the Caribbean. Uh, me and my friends, we act like we're 65 years old. Like, oh, we're just gonna go on cruises. <laughs> my, my, my wife loves Alaska cruise. She, she loves the land. It is. <laughs> she said she wants to go back. So I, my expectations are kind of in the middle. So I think, I think I'll be pleasantly surprised. If you, you like know? nature, it's it's one of the most beautiful places. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if it, if you don't like nature, it's you see a lot of nature, like you know, a lot of <laughs> lot of simple things, like you know. Yeah, animals. Do you see that? Yes. Animal? Well, depending what kind of what you do on land cruise too, or just. I think. Um, uh, I know we're going whale watching. I think we're going to do like the train right. tour. We're yes. doing all the Oh, yeah. So you did that too. Yeah. You do the same cruise we did. You do like, uh, I think, seven days or five days land and uh, oh. what is it, seven days sea? It's just seven days and it's like oh, three did, ports. We and did a like 12 days. It was like 12, 14 days. Well, you're kind of taking baller cruises because you're kind of a big deal. Like, no, I no, I just, <laughs> you know what's about cruise, you relax. Like, you know, yeah. everything's right there. So, you know, have to, if you want to go out, go out. If you want to just stay in. I love that. And nobody has to worry about driving. Yes. And it's like all of our friends, hey, we're going to meet together at this club. We're going to meet at this bar. Right. And just, we get the drink package. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a mess, but best thing. I know that you never to worry about. You come home swollen. <laughs> like, you never, you never to worry about driving and like you know just. Yeah, in the casino. Um, I'm not like to. You gamble. don't gamble. No, okay, not you're at smart. All. Me neither. Not at all. <laughs> I just it's like a little too like, spicy. What's that? It's a little too spicy. The gambling. The gambling. Yeah. Too much risk. That's smart. Yes. Good for you. Like. I work out for my money, so I don't want to lose. Like. Yeah, that's a good point, right? I think. I mean, it's my 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 opinion, but. Yeah, I, I work too hard for it to just, like, hand it over. I, I try to set a budget when I gamble, and then yeah, I usually stop halfway because I'm like, no, Good. that's it. That's no, it. I'm done. Yeah. So. It's the best way. I love cruises. I just want a vacation. Yes, vacation on overall is good. Yeah. Um, have you ever gone to one of uh, Stu's comedy shows? Uh, no, I just, I just find out. Yeah. He works you too hard. Know? I, oh, that, yeah. Yes, yeah, he I worked too hard. I worked that, so I never get out of this place. Yeah. <laughs> we got to bring him in here. Got to come oh in here. We got Open mic. You are yeah. booked mic, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's a good way to ruin a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring in the wrong comedians. Right, and you're like, oh, we can't do send that all the rest anymore. To customers oh, we gotta do, we gotta do clean comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we We're do really clean. close to like the civic center. Do you get people from the courthouse yes. a lot? Yeah. yeah. Do you know we all get, them? 
A lot of them, yes. That's probably good people to know. Yeah, they're all good people. <laughs> I had um, I had jury duty there once, and it was the best jury duty experience I've ever had. Like, it was efficient. They only needed, like, nine jurors or something. Okay. Yeah, and I went through that, too. Yeah, it was nice. And I, they always picked me to be the foreman, and I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> yeah, luckily I get dismissed every time. Do you, it's, yeah. it's the uh, ayahuasca hair. Does, yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Cool. Ayahuasca hair. Well, thank you so much, uh, Sal. It's was so a, nice was a to pleasure. meet you. Thank you. I wasn't expecting thank it, you. but what a great, yeah. what, thank how you, great. Thank you. Oh my gosh, thanks. All right, guys. Thank Enjoy. you, Stu. You know everybody. This is fantastic. Just lived here a long time. I know. I um I try to meet people everywhere I go. Um, yeah. You know, I talked to the table next to us, and you did. really just um just because I can't help it. Yeah. Uh, but building relationships is something different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Um, you know, but I think that that's really nice. Yeah, and Sal's all about that. You know what I mean? Very family guy. Every time I came in here, he'd look at me and go, Stuart, I was a family. Yeah. You know, so a very, very family-oriented guy, so. Um, so we were talking about our comedy a little bit with Sal, and so h- tell me about your comedy. Like, how long have you been doing comedy, and what are you up to right now? So I've been doing comedy for about five years, and I like to uh, call myself, like, the laziest comedian in the Valley. <laughs> Yeah, my, my running joke is I don't like to cross the I-10. You know what I mean? So somebody's like, really they, they booked me at a show that was in Ahwatukee, and I was like, well, this is as far over the I-10 as I'm going to go. But, uh, no, I, I love it. I, uh, I think in the beginning I, I gravitated toward um, corporate comedy and working yeah. clean because I'm 50 years old. You know what I mean? I'm not one of these 30-something comedians. And so I'm older. I'm in the corporate world. I just connected with that. So I started doing corporate gigs, which was nice because they pay you. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I liked it. I think now, kind of, like, you know George Carlin's story, you know, that he was like this little clean-cut, tie-wearing dork, uh-huh. right? And then he dropped some acid and realized, dude, I'm not a dork. I'm a cynical rebel, you know, nice. that's who I've always been my whole life. So he started becoming a cynical rebel in his comedy, and then his career took off. And I feel like I'm kind of hitting that same point where not so much clean anymore, but starting to talk about things in my life that matter, the psychedelics and the things that have come out of my psychedelic experiments and, and my cast iron skillet. You know what I mean? So I love your cast iron skillet you? stuff. I just, I, I love following it. Sorry to interrupt you. Because yeah. I want one or I want to do stuff with it. But watching you do that stuff makes me think like, I need to get one. I can try these things. Yeah, everybody should have a cast iron skillet. They're just the best things. So I think that's, that's kind of where I am. You know, I'm moving more toward stuff that really comes out from the inside of me, you know, and really sharing more, I think, rather than just being the, the typical old white guy talking about pools or family and whatever, right? And so it's migrating, and I'm really lucky. Like Sal just said, actually, when I was in here last week, he was like, Stuart, how much do you charge for comedy? You know what I mean? Is it by the day? Is it by the hour? I was like, no, by the show. By you the know, slice. By the slice, what I should say. And so we're, uh, we may come in here and do a show, but right now I've got an awesome show at Downtime Wines here in Chandler. Oh, yeah. We just did it last night. It's so good because it's uh, the audience. I, I always call it when I do my intro in the very beginning, I'm like, it's like comedy with friends. Yeah. Because the audience is so friendly. Basil and Colleen, who own the place, are so friendly. And then I bring in comedians that are just awesome people. You know, and so we all just have a good time, all of us together. Yeah. And they're drinking wine, so they're happy. You know, unlike whiskey, which makes people want to bite. <laughs> You know, and so they're 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 happy. They they pay to get in, so they want to laugh and they want to have a good time. Get what you pay for. Yeah, and we and I've been very very lucky. We've had really good comedians coming in and and performing. So we're just uh, knock on wood. I just really enjoy myself with that. I love that. I would really like to do it. I'm sorry. Last time I was like, I can't. I'm sorry, but I'd really like to do it sometime. Yeah, you're busy. And yeah. I'm working on my clean material too because I really I see the value in that. Um, but before I get into that, I was thinking, it is nice. You have, it's like you're growing organically. Yeah. You know, like this is you started out going, I'm gonna be clean and corporate, and now you're like, you're finding yourself, you're changing, and it's like your comedy's changing too. And yeah. I think that's really, I think it's really cool, and it's very authentic. Mm-hmm. It's not like, yeah, man, I'm going to be the psychedelic comedian. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. that's who I am. Yeah, it's who I am, and it's uh, it helps, as you know. You know, when you get to that point where you're really coming into your own personality, then you're really more like having almost a conversation on the stage as opposed to going over a memorized list of jokes in your head. Yeah. You know, and so it starts coming out more conversationally because it's more natural. 
And I think it's just overall, like last night I told old, old jokes. Because I'm there every month, right? I'm like, yeah. these people have heard all my stuff. So I pulled out all these old jokes. You know, I rehearsed them. I do a lot of rehearsing. People do open mics. I don't do a lot of open mics. I rehearse in my house yeah. like a dork. You know what I mean? And I record myself on video and do That's how I practice. And I think it's my musician training. I'm just used to practice, 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 and then go perform. And so, I, you know, I'll do all that and clean it up a little bit, tighten it up a little bit, add some tags, all that kind of stuff. And But I think last night, these old rehashed jokes went over really well simply because I'm feeling more comfortable in what and who I am and all that. Somebody said this um, back when I did improv. They, they talked about this. They used the Matrix as an example of, like, at some point things will slow down and then you will be able to plug in. And I never saw the Matrix, so I only kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it was like things slowed down and then he was able to see the moves and then execute. And I feel that more now with stand-up, um, or I apply it more than with stand-up where it's like, you're not just trying to rush through your thing. You're like, slow down. What's happening? Let me observe. Let me comment on something that's happening. Or, yeah. you know, like, like it's just, you. it can slow down. You get more comfortable, and then you can. Yeah. Yeah, and you're, uh, it gives your head more space. So last night, as an example of things slowing down, I'm telling a joke, and a friend of mine sitting there in the audience, and before I get to the punchline, she starts laughing. And so as I continue telling the joke, in my mind, I'm thinking, has she heard this already? Or does she just know what's coming? You know, and I started thinking to myself, what shows has she been to? What sets did I do? And I'm able to have all these thoughts at the same time that I'm, I'm, t yeah, I'm telling this <laughs> joke, where in the beginning, you know, I would have been, I would have derailed. Yeah. I would have been like, so, and I would have stopped and looked at her like, what's she laughing at? You know what I mean? You know, yeah. and so you're right. You, you, you settle into this time warp where everything gets the, because timing is everything, right? And it's so yeah. important, the timing. We are not rushing through. You're not getting the punchlines before they're ready for them. And so it is, you know, I'm not, I'm not an accomplished comedian. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I'm not anybody. So don't listen to me and take any advice. That's good it's just advice. where I am at this point in my yeah. little career. No, great. Is I've gotten to a point where I just feel time slowing down like you said like the yeah. matrix yeah it takes a while it takes mm -hmm. three four five years to kind of like you know and then maybe another four years it's like we'll have some other epiphany um i have a actually i think i have a bad habit of doing that when i'm watching comedy is i laugh too soon because oh, in my head i know where it's going right. and i'm i don't know if it's a bad habit or sometimes you don't know what people find is funny so sometimes i find a little gem in the setup that yes. i'm like oh that that yeah. just tickled me so I'd like to say, because I've been in your shoes there, and if I was going to tell myself anything, it's, um, you don't know what they're, you know, just, it's fine, you know, they're yeah. enjoying the show. I can't control when you laugh. I just hope you laugh. Right, right. I always hate when comics get mad when people don't laugh, and I'm just like, that's your job. Yeah, make them laugh. And yeah. they, or when they get mad at the audience that isn't there. You right. know what I mean? And that's they, ta they take topic. it out on the crowd that is there, you know, and it's, uh, you know, even like last night, usually we sell this place out. You know, probably four out of five shows are sold out, which is not saying a whole, it's, you know, only like 35 seats. Yeah. And last night, I think we had like 13 people. And so you walk in, and a normal comedian reaction would be like, crap. Right. There's only 13. But they're so, all they laugh as loud as 20 people. And they have such a good time that we did, we still had a wonderful time, and it felt as if we had 35 people there. I think I learned that from Tom Sims at Stir Crazy. He said, mm -hmm. I would rather have a room of 10 paying people there to see a good time right. than, like, 20 or 30 people who didn't pay. Um, who were sitting just there looking at the TV. Yeah. You know, staring at a TV, dropping the whiskey, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just like, oh, well, you think you're funny. You know, it's just that's, that's a tough. Yeah. I think it's just, it goes back to control what you can control, and then everything else, you know, it's out of your control. Yeah. Um, I like, what was I just thinking about that? Crowd, I forgot. That's okay. Um, but you definitely learn a lot, you know, with yeah. doing a small show, big show, no show, you know, and it's like, you just, everything I think gets you closer to, you know, you're prepared when those other opportunities come, and you're like, oh, I know how to deal with this. Right. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, the whole laughing, not laughing, you got to understand, too, is, like, people express things differently. You know, they, um, and this comes from doing improv also, we would do a 9 o'clock show, and there was usually never that many people there. Right. And they were all on dates. And they were on, like, first and second dates. Uh, people on first and second dates, they're really self-conscious. They're reserved. They're, they're not going to be like, blah! 
Right. You know, and then sometimes when I watch something, I don't laugh out loud, but I think it was really funny. Like if I'm by myself. Yeah, you never know. Like yeah. with uh, this place of Downtime Wines, they actually auditioned me at another show. Oh, really? Yeah, when I, when I approached them, I said, hey, let's do a show at your place. They're like, oh, that's a great idea. Let us come see you first. Smart. Right? Yeah, very smart. And the whole time, Basil sat there in the crowd staring at me. And, you know, here's a guy who's like former FBI and CIA. Oh, really? I love the name Basil. Yeah, Basil. I know. Grace, Grace laughed this morning. Yeah, I know. And he's Syrian. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And so he uh, he's just there staring at me like he's ready to extradite me to some holding cell and torture me, right? I'm just like, yeah. and I went up to him afterwards and I was like, God, you you know, did you hate it? You know, you seem like he's like, oh no, it was great. We can't wait to do this at our place. We're gonna do it. So you're right. You never know how somebody, what's going on inside, even though they look different than what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, not um, that not that I would want an entire crowd full of basils. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you like the laughter. You want to hear the laughter, but I prefer you those just people don't know. to stay in the dark in the back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, I so we were talking about clean comedy. I'm trying to build my clean material more. Right. It's coming along slowly, but I have found that like all the best opportunities have been clean. The paid opportunities are clean. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm working on, and I also can adjust. I think what I've kind of learned in this like several months. Because I went back to Tony's class, comedy schools, which I think is a great, yep. you know, if you're trying to, if you want to be a comic, like, I love great the idea way. of taking a yeah. class. Um, what I found is, like, I think this is, oh, I'm having the epiphany right now. Just write the joke the way you want to write it, and then you could probably dial it down clean or dial it up blue. You know, like, I, I when I was, like, trying to write clean, it, it wasn't really working. So I think yeah. I'm going to try to just write it the way I'm going to write it and figure out how I can adjust things. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, there's a whole philosophy, like uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. I'm sure you've seen that. Yeah, yeah. He's talking to, I think, Tracy Morgan and basically says, yeah, clean, clean is superior. If you can get the same laugh clean as you do dirty or with swear words or whatever, it's just better quality. Yeah. And I find myself with that same struggle. You know, like I have a joke where I talk about my vegetarianism. And how I would prefer, you know, if you offer me a plate of steamed broccoli versus, and I have a dirty version, which gets a lot of laughs, and I have a clean version, which gets laughs, but not as many, and it kind of pisses me off. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's uh, and it's, so I relate to that. I'm like, you know, I, w I need to get the same level. So I've been working on tightening the clean version to try to get it to the point where it's the same as the dirty version. Yeah. And it is, it is tougher. But I think you're right. I think just write the joke and then work on making it clean. But it's not the same joke, so it's not just yeah. taking out the F-bombs. You know what I mean? It's not a matter of cleaning out the, the swears. Right. It's you got to really have a clean punchline. You can't take a dirty punchline and just make it clean. you got to – you got because we write multiple punchlines anyway, right? Yeah. So you just got to try to well, keep going, going through do. that. I wish I would. <laughs> go through that same exercise, you know what I mean, and just uh, hope something good and clean comes out. Yeah. And the other thing I... is I don't focus on being purely clean. So, like, even on my website, I say I'm clean-ish. Yeah. And I point out that I, I'm an adult. And so I wrote, I'm an adult who writes jokes for adults. I don't write right. jokes for nine-year-olds. So I talk about having sex with robots. And I talk That's about true. drug use. You know what I mean? And yeah. so there are things in there that are funny. Adult but, themes. But I'm not talking about, you know, something you would see on Pornhub.com or something. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, uh, and so I have a 10-minute, you know, the video that I give when somebody is looking to hire me. And I say, watch this video. The first five minutes is clean. The second five minutes is clean-ish. And tell me if there's anything in there that you would not want me to tell at your event, and then I'll know where to, where to be. Nobody's ever, said any, nobody's ever said, oh, take that out, take that out. You know what I mean? They're yeah, always like, oh, yeah, good. that's great. I am, um, especially starting out, I used a lot, and I still do a lot of my work friends and the community I have there to come to shows, right. which I think really helped me get recognized. It's like, mm -hmm. wow, Mary, you can really bring people. And I, yeah, that's that, big. Yeah, and so I, I'm not comfortable. I mean, they're normal people. We are conservative. If they're going to come, they know what they're in for. But I just want to feel okay about it. You know what I mean? I don't want to go back to work and feel, like, kind of embarrassed. And, um, you know, like, I just, I just... Yeah. I feel more comfortable with it. And I think they do, too, in a sense. They like, I think some of them like really blue comedy. But, and here, ultimately, this is the last thing I'll say about it. I don't think people want to hear that from me. You know, like, yes. I think Chris Rock, he's great, right? Like, right. I want to hear that from him. Right. I don't, Mary Upchurch doesn't need to be like. No. A 50-year-old gray-headed guy. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about Pornhub. You know, they're just going to be like, <laughs> right. gross, man. 
You know, talk about aquariums. You know what I mean? Talk about the Phoenix Zoo. We don't want to hear that We're out of you. Just stay with what you know. Yeah, just you know, go away. Don't do that. I'll tell you one of my favorite, one of your jokes. That's one of my favorites um, that I really identified. You talked about scorpions. Mm, yeah. Um, that um, I think one of the first times I worked with you or met you, and I was just like, yes, because I, you know, I lived in Gilbert for seven years, and I right now I'm kind of not dealing with, but just coming to terms with like I moved. It wasn't because I failed. It was a choice. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm keep, I keep, like, going through that in my mind. Because people are like, why? You're renting now? Or what? And it's like, uh, and you know what? if I just said one word, people would be like, oh, okay. Scorpions. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, I give them a five-point dissertation yeah. on, like, well, I need it to be closer to downtown. Closer to my, this, that, this, that. And I'm like, I could just be like, scorpions. I'm like, scorpions. no problem. Say no more. Yep. Yeah, they get it. That's what with my setup on that joke. It's not a funny setup, but everybody's like doing a hallelujah. You know what I mean when I say, "Hey, what's that on the wall?" It's the everybody's yes. like, "Yes, it's I've the, been there. I know what that's peripheral. like." Yeah, and that's how you—that's what happens. It's like, um, it's like when a cop is kind of in the like kind of hiding right. a little bit with There's his danger. Yeah, and you don't see it till it's too late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you know what? In my new apartment downtown, I don't wear shoes. Nice. I haven't not worn flip-flops in the house in eight years. Really? I, I, I don't go I don't, I don't wear shoes in my house. Well, you're asking I'll pay for, for that one day, won't I? Yeah, I'm not too I worried. Did, um, I ended up paying over $1,000 to get my house sealed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I would pay Pest Control about $35 a month. I love them, by the way. Good company. Um, paid them about $35 a month to get uh, sprayed, um, little traps. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and last year was the first year I really didn't have too many. Mm, but good. every year, you know, and they would be dead, but they're never dead when you think they are. No, those are some tough. Unless you, like, smash them, burn them. Yeah. And, and, exorcist. Uh, so you may remember another part of my joke is the trap and release program. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we, we literally do. So With we scorpions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I, you cut I, the stingers off? Nope. I, uh, I put it into a jar, and I walk it down to the wash, and I let it go. You know, you know, that thing's going to turn around and sting you. No, I, you know, my wife got stung. Is this stung. part of being a vegetarian? No. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, Respecting life? Yeah, you can swear. Like, one of my one of my, my mantra in life now is, is fucking be a good person. You know what I mean? You it's, put that on a sticker. I don't care if, you know, if you're a racist or uh, animal, a hunter or whatever, whoever you are, just fucking be a good person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Control yourself. Treat other people with love, you know, and compassion. And I think it's just part of that. It's probably from the psychedelics. Sure. You know what I mean? I just feel more connection with other human beings and more connection with nature. And I just feel like I don't, I don't want to kill this animal, you know. And also my study of, of uh, consciousness. Yeah. Um, one of the, the criteria to know if something's conscious is to ask yourself, is there something it's like to be that creature? If you can imagine something it's like to be a scorpion, then you may realize a scorpion has consciousness, and oh. then you may think, I don't want to snuff out this consciousness. Now, went to my daughter's bathroom a few months ago. There is a scorpion with a zillion little scorpions on top of her. No, 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 I literally no, felt like no. I was dropped into a horror movie. No, I, I'm so glad I never saw that. Oh, my I God. Always... It freaks me out so bad. I, I grabbed the— Did you burn a, your house down? I would have. Luckily, I, I grabbed a coffee mug. And I rolled it right over top of her and all her little babies. And you let I, them all I, go in the wash. I felt it was, no, I, uh, I, like a bulldozer. What? I killed them. I killed every one of them. How? With that coffee mug. What I just, I rolled it right over top like a, like oh, a. Oh, like a bulldozer. Not like a bulldozer. What are those things like a, that flatten yeah, the earth? No. I don't know what those things are. Like you no, lay down the blacktop and then the big roly-poly so thing. So they didn't scatter. They didn't see you coming. Well, the mom didn't no, the get mom you. like froze and she's like, they what are you going to do? Yeah. And I'm like really panicking because and, and to this day I feel horrible guilt about this, right? I don't. But I'm like, I can't, I can't. can't let them scatter because I would have to burn my house down. How many would you say there were? Um, I don't know, so 20 to 50. 20 to 50? I'm guessing. There's just a billion of them. I know. It was the worst thing in the world. Shit. It was horrible. I'm so glad I left. It was I'm so, so We're in a restaurant. I can't yell. I know. I'm so angry. I'm crawling right now. I know. It was the worst. It was okay. so awful. So, okay. But so I, kill, I, I killed every single one of them. You needed to. You had to protect your family. I did. I had to. I, I couldn't I couldn't <gasps> let them go, but it, it was, uh, it's going to haunt me. You know, it's, I don't believe in the afterlife. 
my wife does. She says you have a life review after you die. And in my life review, I'm going to be answering for every one of those consciousnesses that I, that That's I snuffed fine. out. That is perfectly fine. Everything. Else. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You went there. Um, so, yeah, they're the worst Yeah, so tell me ever. the scorpion joke, old man. I don't want to hear about your sex life. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> it's that's, real, right? Yeah, that's part of the impetus of, of being cleanish. Yeah. What, um, what would you like from comedy in the next one to two years? What's your, let's vision board this. What would you like to happen? Would you like I, would, to do? I would love to get, and I haven't even tried this, and I don't know if I'm funny enough, but I would love to get a weekend gig at a club. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I want to offend anybody out there, but, the, you know, I think the club I'd like to get the most would be Stir Crazy. I love Stir Crazy. But it's just so far away. Sure. You know what I mean? So probably House of Comedy would be a great one. And those are really, um, at this point, the only two that I have my eyes on because yeah. they're, they're quasi-local. I mean, yeah. I know, you know, Tom and, and Tim and yeah, Stir Crazy, local guys, great guys. And then House of Comedy, Rick, I guess he's really out of, like, Canada or Minnesota or uh -huh. something. But, you know, it's not like he's got one in every city across the country. Yeah, there's, like, three. Yeah, like, three. So, you know, those two, I think eventually if I could somehow work my way into this inner circle there and, and do that, that, it would be great to do, you know, a four-day week. I mean, yeah. a four-day weekend and host or feature or do whatever and, yeah. and, and do that. I think I ultimately think, um, like that. House of Comedy can be tricky because I was booked there for a weekend. I've only done one weekend there. And I was Excuse me. I was booked for a weekend um, like a couple months ago, and I got bumped because the, mm. the headliner brings his own. And that's what they'll tell you a lot of times is like, oh, the headliners are bringing their right, own people right. more and more. So I think that's what, as local comedians, we have to, like, deal with or figure out. Um, but, no, those are great goals. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. You know, and when I started doing the corporate comedy, my goal was to get paid $5,000 to do a corporate gig. You know, it was like at some point, 10, 15 years down the road, some big corporation like American Express – yeah. Will write me a check for five thousand bucks. Yeah, I can see that. If I end up going down this uh, this art artistic route, yeah, you know what I mean. That I'm heading down now to have my comedy mean something to me and to the audience. I yeah. may I may end up working my way out of the corporate world, but if I keep going that direction, I would like somebody to write me a big check and say, "Come in and just entertain my people." That'd be neat. You know, people always ask, like, oh, Mary, you know, what are you going to do with this? Or what do you want to do with this? And are you, do you want to do this yeah. full time? And I'm like, I would love to, but um, I don't think I'm there yet. And you've got to make you're money so funny. And consistently, you're, and you're, uh, though. You, you've been doing it three years, like four years? Almost four, almost I think. Almost four years. And you're doing so well. You know what I mean? You advance in competitions and, yeah. and, you bring, and people come to see you. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for what, you're, what you got going on. Well, thank you. Because you. you have that uh, opposite of me. You have that energetic, happy, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? So the, the crowd is like, you you energize them. Well, thank you. I think there's a different comic for different crowds, you know? Oh, like, yeah. You know, so. And I could never try to be that. Right. I am, you know, <laughs> when I tell people I do comedy, they always look at me and go, you? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, me, come out and see my show. Yeah. You know, you'll be surprised. I think it'd be neat to do um, cruise ships. Do you think so? Yeah. I've talked to a couple of guys that did cruise ships, and I've heard the good and the bad. Yeah, I'm just looking at thinking since, about the since good. You or, since you already do cruises, <laughs> I think it would be awesome. Yeah, I don't want to pay for the cruise. I want yeah. them to pay me. Yeah. Um, well, one of my friends had said, who does cruises, said, you know what, I make, he goes, you know, I make the same as, like, a teacher or a cop. It's just my yeah. office is a cruise ship. Yeah. And I was like, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I think it would just scare me. I think one of the hardest things is having a, a career because if I didn't, then I would be more inclined to be like, no, we're doing this. You know, it's it's hard to go, well, like, I don't know. I've been paid a couple yeah. times for comedy, but I'm not getting paid consistently. Yeah, no, that's why I think it's tough. I yeah. mean, it's not impossible. But to actually make money and make the, make a living out of this, is it's, it's not like it was in the 70s or 80s. Sure. When you could do the circuit and you could make $6,000 a month. You know what oh I mean? It's gosh. not. It's just not like that anymore. Yeah. You have a podcast also, right? I do. What's it called? It's called the Consciousness Podcast. Dot com. That is, I mean, I love this idea because it's it's very specific. You're passionate about it. Yeah. Um, oh, you find it on your website. Find one on my website. Oh, the, your podcast. Oh, it's on. It's it's aggregated or whatever, syndicated. So like, iTunes and Google Play. Oh, it's on all those. Okay. But I have a I have the website that I just send people to for some reason. I don't know because I'm old. Oh no, that's smart. Go find my radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was better at some of that. I'm doing as much as I can, but like I, I don't. I think I'm just on um, SoundCloud and iTunes, and I probably need to get on Stitcher. 
or yeah and I, I don't, don't and I don't know for sure if I'm on Stitcher <laughs> you know I don't know and I don't know what like I've been doing this for about a year now maybe just over a year and I think I've got like just over 20,000 streams wow you know what I mean that's really good yeah it's, re it's really a niche you know what I mean it's yeah. the kind of thing that uh, and I'm like the only one out there doing it there's not so when you talk about human consciousness Mm -hmm. You're basically either talking to like a neuroscientist or a philosopher. Yeah. And there's not a lot of opportunity for these people to talk to nitwits like me and, and like on a, on a layman's level to say, here's what I'm studying. Here's what I'm doing. They're always dealing with uh, contentious people that are like, I disagree with your theory. And here's why you're wrong. You know, right. and it's just like, well, here's a guy who just wants to learn from me and I can share with him. He'll put it on the Internet and then everybody else can learn from him also. Yeah. So it's they've been uh, you know I've been very lucky to get some good people on there and have some really good conversations and you know my numbers just keep going up and up and up. That's so great. Yeah. Um, I imagine they have conferences and different types of things like they that. Do. It seems like you'd be a perfect comic for that those types of events. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I went to the consciousness conference, which they have every year, uh -huh. um, every other year. It's in Tucson, and then on the off years, it's in Europe. Oh. Yeah, probably half my guests are Europeans. Neat. Yeah, and so it's, uh, this year, it's, you know, in 2018, it was in Europe. And then 2019, I think, coming up, it's going to be back in Tucson again. And I don't know if I can get, if I can do comedy or whatever. I will definitely reach out to them. Yeah. Um, now, in the psychedelic world, I also, for my podcast, I covered the Arizona Psychedelic Conference yeah. here in Tempe. Oh, yeah, that was just yeah. not that long ago. Yeah, it was in February. And I went there and I covered it as media, as my first official media coverage. And uh, But there are a couple comedians out there, and we had one of them at this event who are psychedelic comedians that they talk about, their psychedelic experience. It's like, you know, um, Gatsby and Nanette. She got all this, she has this comedy special that's really about oh, her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a comedian out there, I can't remember his name, sorry, guy, that does the, uh, a similar kind of like, about his experience with psychedelics and the changes. So he does a lot of psychedelic uh, events out there. Yeah. There's an organization called MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. Okay. And they raise money and help fund and help get government backing for studies of psychedelics. Oh. Like MDMA, Molly, Ecstasy, right. is um, been shown now and is going to probably get approval to help people with PTSD. Wow. And so medical marijuana, there is uh, psilocybin, which is magic mushroom yeah. studies for people with terminal illness. There's so many great things about these medicines, right? And so this comedian, he does his thing about that. And there's a few comedians that MAPS will put on a comedy show, and there's three or four comedians that come in and talk about psychedelics. Nice. Yeah, so that has been on my mind. I thought, you know, maybe I could become the psychedelic comedian, and I don't think I want to be known as that, like you said. Sure. It's just one of well, the alleys. Yeah, you know what? I, I got invited to... Um to do a pride festival last year hmm. like i'm not an lgbtq person but mm -hmm. i'm a definitely an ally right so it's kind of like adjacent right like yes. mary's a good fit for this crowd or these people like right. so i think the same thing you don't have to like that is who you are but right. it's like that's a niche i can do yeah you know i have also identified niches i'm not good at and i think it's like college age doesn't necessarily love me too much. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, that's kind of, like, not my niche. So, like... Well, the college is really wanting to be clean. Like, oh, super, yeah? like, super clean. Oh. Well, maybe. I just... I feel like the... It's not even clean. They don't want you to be oh, controversial. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you, could, you couldn't really, like, Nanette Gatsby, she couldn't really talk about her experiences with sexual assault because they don't want you to bring that stuff up. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Because the, uh, the guy we have at Downtime Wines coming up next month is Eric O'Shea. Yeah. And he's a college guy. Oh. And he does all the college stuff and, you know, really good. And you listen to his comedy, it's like squeaky clean, you know, like cartoon type stuff. And it's just yeah. pretty so freaking funny. Well, think about it. If you want to be on, like, Colbert or Conan, those are primetime cable pretty much. And, like, yeah. you, you can't be... Can't be filthy. Yeah, no, it's for middle America. Right. So... I like it. I feel like I'm going to run out of battery soon. But earlier we talked a little bit about Ian. I'd love to just for you to tell me a little bit about him and who he was. And uh, I remember um, you said you have a site, like Complete Badass, is it? Yeah, like, CompleteBadass.com. Tell me a little bit about what made Ian such a badass. Well, um, so just as a reminder, my son Ian died three, just over three years ago from suicide. And he was an amazing young man. 
you know, he was, uh, he had written significant parts of code in, in three of the top 25 startups here in the Valley. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he had, he just, he's one of these guys that I remember, you know, he was working this job and he called me and was like, hey, dad, you know, I'm not, I'm not super happy with the code, the quality of code, computer code in this place, you know, but the, but the job is so good and I love the people and I love the product and like, what should I do? I was like, you know, if you, if you stay there, it's just going to bug you, you know, and you just need higher quality. And I said, when I was in the army, I started to accept lower standards because it was just the way it was done. Mm -hmm. And I said, don't let that happen with you. And he ended up becoming one of these kids that had super high standards, expected it from everybody around him. And he was also very uh, sharp-witted. And so he would let you know, you know, if something was wrong. Like, he worked at uh, Gangplank, the mm -hmm. open working space down there in Chandler. Yeah. And somebody else's phone, he would go to work earlier than everybody else, and this other company, their phones would ring. They wouldn't turn them off, <laughs> and it drove him crazy. So one day he unplugged all of them and piled them up on a desk. You know, it was like, I told you, you know, I asked you to, to make these not ring. And so he just was known as kind of a of a hard ass. You yeah. know, it's like, here are my standards. You need to live up to these standards. He would put on, you know, um, events where he would present something and say, here's the standard for this. And so you just kind of known, and he eventually got a card, a business card that said complete badass. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not like some kind of motorcycle tough guy. You know what I mean? He was... He was, uh, you know, a badass in his arena of, you know, computer code, software engineering. So he made a real, he made a real good mark. You know, he was uh, when he died, it was a surprise to all of us. He didn't show up to work that day, and he had type one diabetes, and so I assumed he was having some kind of a diabetes event, and drove over there, and that's when we discovered that, you know, he had taken his own life, and everybody was surprised. Yeah. You know, just like, oh, I can't believe it. I mean, it's. I don't want to put him on that, that level or try to draw a, a too close of a comparison, but it's kind of like Kurt Cobain. You know I mean? It's like, here's a young guy on top of his game, you know, really an, an amazing talent, and you're like it confused and didn't see it coming. Now, maybe people who knew Kurt Cobain knew, saw it coming because I'd heard some other things since then, but and you look back with Ian, you're like, well, yeah, maybe there's some signs I should have seen. You know, it's what people ask me all the time, you know, what, what can I do as, as a parent? And I have no idea. You know what I mean? Because it surprised us. But I would just say, bring it up with your kids. Because the one thing I've learned about suicide, people don't want to be dead. They just want the pain to go away. Mm -hmm. So if you can relay that to them and say, hey, there are ways to get you out of the pain. You don't have to be dead. You know? And if they can hear that message and they can take some action... It's like with the, uh, sorry again, Mary. No, it's okay. It's, it's so real. It's so important. Yeah, it's, uh, ketamine is a psychedelic. It's, I mean, it's really, it's a tranquilizer. And on the, the street version, people know it as Special K, and that, that helps, you know, it hurts the, the development of it. But people who are suicidal that get ketamine treatments actually end up not suicidal anymore. And so, you know, if you go to ketaminehelps.com, that's my wife's website, you can learn about ketamine and the treatments. And I talked to a couple of people at the psychedelic conference about that, and they're giving people these treatments who have suicidal thoughts. So just I would just say as any parent or any human being, just let everybody out there know getting help, going to see a psychiatrist, a psychologist, letting people around you know how depressed you are, how sad you are, how much you don't want to live. Say something and you know and listen to them and let just let the people you love know. They don't have to be dead, that there are things that we can do to get them through this so that they have some alternative. Because it's only when they feel there's no alternative that they take that drastic step. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, one, a couple of things kind of I'm learning or having like aha moments here is um, it sounds like with, with all of these medicines, drugs, within the right supervision and the right, like not abusing them, we're finding that they're very helpful for people with different... Extremely. Yeah, a treatment. So... But, and I think that's a stigma I think people have is like, oh, no, these crazy drug people out there doing it. Well, right. like even even with your ayahuasca thing, you were kind of guided or like there was like a, a, a process. Yep. And so it was safe and, and ketamine. Right. It's like within with yeah. the right and, supervision. And with the ketamine, you actually are not having a psychedelic experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're not, they're not pushing you to that limit with it. They're just infusing it, putting it in your body because it helps with neurogenesis, yeah. which is, you know, creating new neurons and rebuilding networks in your brain. And when you do that, you're kind of uh healing the part of you that's hurting yeah 
That's powerful. Um, when you talk about Ian, I think I just kind of, my aha there was like, he. I, I love how you talked about how he, he held himself to such a high standard. Yeah. And I know that can be a lot of pressure, but it kind of made me go like, Mary, like, I'm thinking about some of my work and some of my other work and I'm like, you know, push yourself a little bit more. Like you can do this better. Like don't slack off. Like I'm also a big fan of like, it, you know, finish, not perfect, you know, or good, yeah. you know, but, um, I, I do like that, like striving for excellence and really holding other people to it too. Um, I think we can all, we can all be a little better. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really powerful. Yeah, like it is. That. And if you can help everybody around you be a little better, that's great. Yeah. Well, um, well, just always thinking about you and Cynthia, thank and I'm, you. I'm thank you for sharing and being so candid because I think it I think it will help people and or even just understanding. You know what I mean? I think yeah, it's we need to so all talk people. about it. It yeah. needs to be out there. Yeah. Um, well, I think we've been talking for about an hour. This is Holy great. Cow. We've covered so many great things. We had some great wings. We got to talk to Sal. We had Sal here. Oh my Can't gosh. get any better than that. I know. It's wonderful. Stuart, um, where can people find you, um, you if you want to share, like, your website and your projects one more time? Yeah. So, uh, for comedy, it's Comic Stew. Stu.com, Comic Stew, and then the uh, podcast is theconsciousnesspodcast.com. Nice. Yeah. We'll be sure to check that out. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you to Sal's Gilbert Pizza, and we will see you next time on Wings with Friends. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>